This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MBB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. I hope you're doing well this morning. And, and today, I, you know, normally I would be saying uh, hello to our guest and uh, introducing our, our guest expert. But today, our listeners are our guest experts because uh, you and I, and we hope they, will be expressing what laws they'd like to see changed or enacted in, in 2023. And uh, you and I were talking uh, before the show about uh, our list from last year. I fact-checked you. <laughs> and uh, you, I guess wishes aren't necessarily supposed to be realistic. But, um, you know, we had talked about uh, family law. We'd had a Judge Odom on and talked about making divorce proceedings easier. Uh, None of that worked. House Bill 592, House Bill 1226, and Senate Bill 2643, they either died in committee or just didn't get passed. So that's kind of (laughs) sad. I know. That was, I was so sure when Judge Odom was on on that show that, that, the legislature would be ready to move forward because that task force had worked really hard. Uh, Debbie Bell, uh, my colleague, had been involved in that task force. It seemed like it was time to make that that change to make divorce easier, to get away from fault-based divorce completely, or at least partially. Well, We were disappointed. (laughs) That's true. But one thing that did happen was that the... Senate Bill 2095 passed the law, uh, Mississippi Medical Cannabis Act, and that that did get passed. So we should be on the road to uh, medical marijuana. And I think we are. And and that gets me to my first my first wish, if you don't mind me starting, is that uh, the ballot initiative process would be my first wish. I mean, uh, you know, that medical marijuana um, was originally approved by the people. Uh, who, uh, you know, there was an initiative process that uh, they followed the best they could. And uh, I think they followed uh, completely, but that's just my opinion, to to enact uh, medical marijuana and make it part of the Constitution. Um, And that was the initiative process was struck down by the Supreme Court because we have no longer got five congressional districts in Mississippi. We only have four in the initiative process. rules required signatures from all five congressional districts. So it was impossible to meet that according to the Supreme Court. So I would love to see that uh, come back because the ultimate wish list really is for people to be able to say, hey, you know, our legislatures are not listening to us or they're not um, adopting laws that we want to see adopted. And we live here. And and if the majority of the people in the state want to do something, why not let them do it? Uh, Why not let them uh, initiate that process? Because We've seen that a lot of the districts are gerrymandered so that, uh, you know, a good percentage of the people in the state don't feel like they have a voice. The initiative process would give them that voice. Well, and I, you know, I would argue, I don't believe that there is one individual who believes in absolutely everything that maybe our political 
parties believe in. Uh, I don't know if we should invite Jay White in to talk about the two-party system because he has definite ideas about that. But even people who, you know, vote straight ticket and like one party over another, I don't know that they would say that I absolutely agree with absolutely everything that this party or that party speaks about. And so having a ballot referendum statewide for a constitutional amendment or, you know, a ballot uh, referendum is a way for you to say, you know, yes, I live in a district and I voted for this person or this person doesn't represent me, but maybe my, my views aren't making it all the way to the legislature. You're, you're right. And, you know, when you think about what happened with the medical marijuana uh, initiative, that was overwhelming support. So it had to be bipartisan support and, and people who don't have parties, uh, you know, uh, supported it. So it was something that the people of Mississippi clearly wanted and the legislature was not listening to until they had to. I mean, I think it had there not been even that failed uh, initiative process failed only because the Supreme Court said that the initiative process was uh, invalid. Um, had there not been for that, I don't think the legislature would have ever enacted uh, medical marijuana. There was no incentive. So we as people were able to voice our wishes through that process. Now, interestingly enough, of course, the initiative process had not been challenged when it was things like voter ID and other things that also were on uh, you know, initiatives uh, previous to the medical marijuana. It was only when something um, that our legislature and our Supreme Court didn't like uh, that it was it was uh, shut down. So that I think that's proof why we need it, um, because they're uh, you know our our state leaders don't always know what's best for us, um, and um, and so I think people need to have a, more of a voice. We're talking today, and we want to hear your voice. What are you? What do you wish for? What do you wish our legislature could do? Which do you wish the executive de- branch could do? What do you wish was better? What do you wish, you know, wouldn't happen? We would love to take your phone calls. We want to hear from you today. 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464. One of the things we've talked about on Money Talks is if you can't give cash to a charity, give your time. There are people who have time. Charities or nonprofits sometimes are the ones that get these ballot initiatives going. Is there an organization that's working on getting a ballot initiative to work? Or, I mean, I guess right now it's up to our legislators to to craft legislation that, or to amend our legislation to allow for ballot initiatives? That's right. And I think it would take a simple, what, what, you know, I know at federal, when we talk about in the tax law, we talk about a, a technical corrections act where something is, you know, amiss in a tax statute, um, but the statute's generally good. Um, you know, Congress will do technical corrections where they'll, you know, they'll change whatever's, you know, problematic. That's all that would take place. All, all they would need to do to reinvigorate this initiative process would be a do, to do a technical correction to change that fault. And the only fault is that it, it refers to five congressional districts. So they could say 
from each congressional district in the state. And then you don't have any problems if the state grows, then that means you have to have more. If you have, so I think, I think it tells me that that simple correction could have been done along the way um, so we would uh, still have the initiative process, that the legislature doesn't have the will right now to have an initiative process because they're afraid that we as people don't always agree with them and that we might uh, push for initiatives that they really don't want. So, I mean, I think we need to call our legislators and say, you know, that we are, this is my wish anyway, I'm not telling, I shouldn't tell other people what to do, but that we, we want an initiative process because I think it is good for the people of the state. Well, if we're talking about what our wishes were in 2021, I am on my way to getting one of my wishes. My problem was infrastructure in in Mississippi and in Jackson. And that came to light nationally with the water crisis in the city of Jackson. So that is something that is on the way. And Jay White, do you have something to say? I just want to remind folks that Professor Gershon just outlined that our state's legislature is intentionally ignoring the will of the people. That's the people that we put into office. We're we're, we're nodding. Just wanted to point that out. He said it in a really nice way, but what he said was (laughs) that the state legislature of Mississippi is intentionally and willfully ignoring, as he mentioned, the overwhelming will of the people. Well, and when we had Delbert Hoseman on, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman on, he specifically pulled out of a hat the number five. He said if five people ever contacted their representative about an issue, that would be overwhelming support. And in many things that are largely harmless, yes, that is the case. But I am sure more than five people have contacted several different people in our legislature about this ballot initiative. And yet, here we are. You've, you've, you need to make sure you have the phone number for the legislative operator, the switchboard. You need to make sure you know the office for whoever your representatives and your your senators are. I need people to vote for ideals and persons and not letters. That's what I need. But this show is not about that. So I almost (laughs) turn my mic off and stop talking. No, I'm I'm with you, Jay. In fact, uh, you know, they've done all this hard work gerrymandering. What good would it be if we had a ballot initiative? Because we could undercut that by, you know, still voting for things that we think are right as as a majority of the people. But uh, that's my two cents. So. But no, I'm. This is this is what this show is about. We want to hear everybody's two cents. And my two cents is, I'm sorry I had to boil water for six weeks this summer. I'm getting ready to. Ha- I still have my big pots, great big stock pots that you use for soup or for making spaghetti. I use those to boil water, and I'll probably have to do it again mm. this winter when the water mains freeze and then thaw and break again, and. I don't care who's in charge. I don't. I don't care who's yeah, in charge. Water. I, I, I want. I'd like usable water. water. I like usable water, yeah. and I'd like, you know, whoever to be in charge to be responsible. Yeah. Just. <laughs> Just fix it. It's not about whose fault it is at this point. At least for the people that live in the town. Right. Just fix it. Just fix Somebody it. give us some water that we can drink. We're talking today about our wishes. We would love for you to send us your emails. What are your wishes 
what do you wish would happen for the state? Uh, what what do you wish wouldn't happen for the state? Tell us what you think. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're discussing our wishes. Uh, Professor Gershon, myself, we're trying to draw Jay White into this, and we want to hear from our listeners also. This is in legal terms. Now, not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live, so if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Professor Gershon and I and Jay White have been talking about what we wish we would ha- could happen. We, uh, I, I'm excited that we're on our way to having a infrastructure repaired in Jackson. Uh, Professor Gershon is still waiting for that ballot initiative. We're going to hear what some of our listeners are interested in. Let's go to Megan in Jackson. Megan, thanks for calling in legal terms today. What's your comment or question? Absolutely. This is an outstanding discussion, one that is much needed, and I hope uh, your listeners will take it to heart and really think about it. So the timing could not be better with the upcoming legislative session, and every legislator is up for re-election next year. So the listeners need to get their, uh, like you say, five calls, five contacts. That's what it takes. You know, people need to, for instance, the Newton just lost their hospital because we haven't expanded Medicaid for one reason. There are other reasons, but that, that contributes to it uh, significantly. I'm not from Newton County, but I'm just saying, you know, if the people of Newton County had it, they probably would have said, let's expand Medicaid because we don't want to lose our hospital. That's just one example. But as far as the ballot initiative, I'd also, you know, we need to expand Medicaid and poll after poll, independent poll, says that Mississippians want the expansion of Medicaid. They're not stupid. They know we're a poor state and, you know, people need health care. 250,000 Mississippians go without health care every year because Tate Reeves, our governor, will not pass the expansion of Medicaid. So I'd also like to add to the list um, a recall for politicians like Tate Reeves, who will not allow something so cr- critical for it, this state. So I'd like to be able to recall Tate Reeves and, and other people, like you've been saying, that are not uh, allowing the will of the people to go forward for whatever reason. I, I don't know if it's special interest that, that has them in their pocket or what, or if it's just their, you know, the Republicans, you know, I'm, I consider myself an independent, okay? So I don't sit on one side or the other, but common sense tells me that the Republicans are blocking a lot of good things for Mississippians. And uh, as you just said, you know, for whatever reason, the only way to to, to remedy this, the, the Republicans want to soak themselves in religion. Mississippi is a very, quote, religious state. So when you want to push an agenda, you, you, you wrap yourself in religion here in Mississippi. And that's how they keep pushing these things on Mississippians that Mississippians are thinking, well, now, you know, why did my hospital close? You know, 
or why am I still working for $7.50? You know, why haven't we raised minimum wage in Mississippi when it could benefit hundreds of thousands of people? You know, it just, so when I say this is an excellent discussion, please repeat this between now and January the 1st so that people can understand the kind of representation that they have or that they don't have. So that those are my comments. Thank you, Megan. Megan said it just, just great. If you don't like the way things are going or you want them to go a particular direction you and you are a a citizen of Mississippi let you need to vote you need and you also need to let your representatives try your best to let your representative and your senators know your will they're supposed to be elected to represent you let them know your will professor gershon and Megan, thank you for that call because you also hit one of my wish list items, which is expansion of Medicaid. Because uh, two hundred and thirty-one thousand, by estimate, uh, more Mississippians would be covered by insurance with Medicaid expansion that are currently covered, and we are uh, the sixth least insured state in the country, and and the um, the one that has uh, some of the lowest health scores, and we're closing hospitals. Um, in cities, as you mentioned, and, and regions. And what that does is it puts pressure on the hospitals elsewhere, too. I was talking to a friend who works at the hospital in Oxford, as a doctor at the hospital in Oxford and an administrator. And he said that that's going to cause them to have to take on more patients, put more pressure on their system. They are basically then become a regional hospital. So it affects all of us. And a lot of it is comes down to the fact that because a Medica- the expansion of Medicaid was originally called Obamacare, a lot of uh, people were are just are fundamentally opposed to it, even though it would clearly, clearly help so many people in the state of Mississippi. Uh, the other thing that she touched on that that I really have an issue with is our legislators. I, I wish they would exercise their faith and stop legislating it. And I wish that they would understand that the separation of church and state also protects them. I think they know that, but they're not worried about that. And I, that, that, that's something that the leaders of our state need to stop running roughshod over. It's all about Constitution. Until we talk about that, then all of a sudden it's conveniently forgotten. I need our legislators and our, our statewide elected leaders, our governor, everybody else, I need them to stop legislating their faith and practice it more. I agree with that. Uh, one of the things about the, the, the hospital situation, um, I, don't, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the air. My husband was a transplant recipient. And by the way, that's coming from an evangelical Christian. So I'm religiously, I'm on the same professed public team as all the folks, right? But I need them to stop legislating it. Thank you. That's not how it works. Yes. It's specifically set up to not work like that but we're just running all over it here in Mississippi. Right. Mississippi. Sorry. <laughs> but um, when, when there are hospitals that are closed in an area, you either, one, can't get to the new hospital, or two, it involves travel costs. And that's heaped, a heaped expense that, you know, if you're in a hard time and, you know, with health insurance and medical costs, then you're having to pay a place to stay or the having to get there. 
so many things on when losing our our rural hospitals make it inconvenient and horrid for everybody. So we've got a couple more calls. Let's go to John from Vicksburg on line four. John, we're glad that you've called in today. We're trying to talk about our 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 wishes. And I do have to say yesterday I kind of got myself into a sad funk. Um, uh, we'll try to make this hopeful and uplifting. But, John, what have you got for us today? Okay. First of all, you know, I thank you for accepting my call. And also I agree with much of what the other people said in terms of Medicaid expansion and also legislating from faith. Uh, now, my question is this. I am a senior citizen in Warren County, Vicksburg area. And my, my concern is in future, if I have a serious medical emergency, such as, for example, a heart attack or a stroke or one of those kinds of critical things. And I want to be, as a patient, I want to be in a move to a more critical care facility, like, for example, UMMC, rather than treated at the nearest hospital, which is where my ambulance would take me. What choices do I have in terms, I know the ambulance only takes you to the county line, but what choices do I have in terms of asking for a helicopter or in terms of waiving whatever my rights are in, in terms of being admitted to the nearest hospital facility? Uh, I have asked this question of other people. I would appreciate an answer to this. John, I don't think we do have a, an answer for this. I know it. I have family who live in rural Arkansas, and they their community there is a insurance plan they can pay to be helicoptered to a larger a larger facility uh professor gershon do you where would you even go to get any kind of answer about that well, well first i would talk to your your physician before anything bad happens to find out you know what what their plans would be and how they can assist you with that because they may have the answer i think that's more of a medical question than even a legal question because as Liz said, there are insurance carriers that can can also help with that. But I think the doctors may know more about that than we do. But the other thing is, um, I would also. Are you on, are you on Medicare by any chance, John? I am on Medicare, and, and I know my insurance will cover me for helicopter ride. And I have also asked this question of my doctors, and, and I have not. They were not because they were not in this area, so they they could not answer it. It's a somewhere. You see, my issue really is this. If I am, you know, if suddenly I develop something, uh, being a senior citizen, a lot of our senior citizens have this issue. And, you know, we, my ambulance will, auto, when I call the 911, they will automatically transfer me to the nearest facility. And they will admit me and try to stabilize me and whatever they may think. But they have to release me, which means I have to, you know, say, you know, uh, either, of course, they're not going to release me because I'm not completely out of the woods. So I have to waive whatever, you know, in terms of their, you know, indemnify them or whatever legal term that they, you know, I take responsibility for shifting out, but I want to go to, say, a critical care facility, like nearest one, maybe Jackson for me, UMMC, for example. Then what what is my right? In other words, the hospital can say, well, we want to keep you because you are not stabilized. But on the other hand, I want, I know I have a better facility and also I, I my specialists are in something like UMMC. So what are my, that is where the legal issue comes in. I know it's a medical issue. You know, I understand the medical side. Doctors understand the medical side. But the legal issue, 
of you know what my rights are in selling the ambulance you no know, i want a helicopter to do, you know critical uh, care facility somewhere else and nearest one or telling my hospital i don't want to get admitted here i would like to be airlifted to whatever what are my rights in that case that those become illegal issues not just medical issues i think i think it's less though john i think it's less of a a legal issue than it is a financial issue i think it really is one that um if you're willing to pay to do the the helicopter you can you can refuse consent to do the the, the ambulance but i i'm glad you're asking these questions because i think it's something that people need to work out and maybe with one of the things we can do is try to have a healthcare law show uh maybe there is a lawyer out there who has answers for this i i certainly don't do healthcare law but um you know uh it's it's a it's a, a an important question John, um, I've written they, this down, and uh, this is what we'll we'll work on getting in the future. And so follow follow us on Twitter, or uh, you know, listen to our show each week. And we're going to try to to get we'll try to get someone who could answer that for us. I'm so glad that you suggested that and let us know. We'd love for you to email us with your wishes, your suggestions on how Mississippi could be better. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. Professor Gershon and I and Jay White and our listeners are all talking about ways Mississippi could be better. What is our wish list? And I had another wish from last year that came true. I'm going to tell you what that is. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We do hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast or find MPB Think Radio recordings from our the website mpbonline.org slash radio. This morning, we're talking about our wishes for Mississippi. Professor Gershon and I and our engineer, Jay White, and our listeners. And I just want to say, I got a wish. I got a wish. One of my wishes from 2021 was about teacher pay raise. And HB 530, the Strategically Accelerating Recruitment and Retention of Teachers Act, passed. And the average annual teacher raise should have been $5,140. The raise began this school year. Starting teacher pay will increase, should have increased from $37,123 to $41,538, putting Mississippi above the southeastern and national averages. So that was a good thing. All right, we've got a full bank of phone calls. We're going to go to Raymond in Meridian. Raymond, we're glad you've called in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Yes, uh, I would agree with you on when you said uh, what you said about the two parties. I agree with that. And uh, I would like to see uh, some of the laws, that, the old laws that uh, – uh, no longer are useful anymore. I'd like to see them taken out. And uh, the, the marijuana law was, uh, was a, a good start. I like that. Okay, but we need to go further than that. We need, uh, number one, one of those laws that we need to get rid of is lynching laws. There's no reason for it. The way I see it is our government should not be involved in restricting our freedom. 
Okay. Well, we're glad that you think that, Tom. And, you know, the only way that this can happen is to let your senators and representatives know your wishes or to run for uh, elected office yourself. That's one thing that kind of makes, you know, I can't really, can I complain? I fuss about the quality of the candidates, but yet I don't run. My husband always says, oh, well, you should run. Well, okay, but I don't know. Professor Gershon? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that call as well. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you know, it's, we want public servants that, that serve the public. Um, and sometimes some of us need to step up uh, and I'm not ready to do it. And I and doesn't sound like you're ready to do it. So maybe we shouldn't complain, but, but <laughs> we, we, but yeah. You know, and I think, again, that's where the initiative process might help at least somewhat. Right. Let's go to Ocean Springs and talk to Mo. Mo, we're so glad that you're part of our show today. What's your comment or question? Uh, well, thanks for the call. Um, first off, I just want to say I, I, I really agree with all the points that are being made, and it comes down to uh, the people organizing and then getting out and voting uh, voting for uh, representatives that are uh, listening. Um, but my point that I want to make, and I have talked to my representatives about it, is um, the tax that they decided to put on hybrid and electric cars. It seems like, you know, for the environment and then uh, uh, climate change, et cetera, um, it seems like it's a, it's a step backwards um, to tax people who are trying to do better um, for quality of life in Mississippi. Um, but there's a $75 uh, tax on cars that are hybrid and $150 tax that they put on cars that are electric. And uh, now more and more people are starting to buy electric and hybrids. And I think that that, that tax needs to be repealed. And I'll listen to your comments offline. Thanks, Mo. Yeah, I've I've got a, a hybrid now. And, you know, maybe instead of having gas tax, um, it could be just a use, you know, a usage tax or a individual to to pay for uh, using the motorways. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to go to I don't want to go to what do you call them tollways, because that just brings out a whole nother problem. Do you have a, a comment about the hybrid taxes? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that call. Liz. I, I, that was when I heard friends saying that they had hybrids and they were getting an extra bill. I thought that's one of the I'm sorry. This is what I thought. That's one of the dumbest ideas I've ever heard that you're taxing people extra because they're saving. Uh, um helping to save the environment using less gas. I mean, I almost feel like it was, I, I saw it as political bullying because at that point, probably the idea was that more and more uh, progressive people were buying uh, hybrids and electric cars. But as more and more people generally buy hybrid and electric cars, I think there will be pushback, I hope, against that um, very strange uh, tax because you know we're we're in a state that keeps talking about repealing taxes and cutting back on taxes and then to assess a tax specifically at a group of people because they're trying to um, you know cut down on their own expenses but also help the environment is just seems backwards. Or if you're going to imagine up random taxes, tell us what that money is going to do. Right. Good point. Yeah, we we. <laughs> it might I, not be the worst idea. Just tell us. What, I mean, where's that money going? What's it going to do? I, I would love to have well-maintained roads and bridges. Uh, you know, God bless the folks who can't get into their, their towns, their neighborhoods, their cities because of failing infrastructure. And uh, I, if, as a society, we want to move away from fossil fuels and not have 
then the gas tax isn't the way to go. But we need to figure out some way for the the government to pay for the collective good uh, for the the citizens. That's what I think. Let's go to Tom in Tupelo. Tom, we're so glad that you've called in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Well, good morning. Uh, before I jump on to what Jay's comment was earlier, Liz, you already do pay a usage tax. Your road and bridge tax, your tag, doesn't matter what kind of vehicle it is, you're paying for the deposit upkeep of the roads. So uh, that, that's already covered. Uh, but Jay mentioned something about the uh, representatives. They should practice their beliefs and not legislate them. And that brings to mind, I, I lived out of state for a little while and I had moved back and noticed that suddenly in God we trust, not only is it on all the money, but it's uh, it's now on the state seal and now on the tags and now on the flag. And if you look into uh, Article 3 of the state constitution, that kind of violates separation of church and state. So I'm wondering what they're going to try and do to explain or sidestep that. I mean, the first the First Amendment of the National Bill of Rights says, you know, make no rules establishing a, a religion. And then Article 3 of the Mississippi Constitution says most of those are the same, but in Section 18, you know, we're not going to require a religious test for an office holder. But also it says there shall be no preference given to any religious sect or mode of worship. So therefore they have shot themselves in the foot. It is unconstitutional according to the Mississippi State Constitution. I'm wondering what they're going to do to try and uh, either explain or rectify that. Professor Gershon, do you uh, know anything? Is there any challenges to the tags or the flag or the, the seal that you know of? Well, you know, there was a challenge to the national money at some point and, and uh you know, that that didn't really go anywhere. Um, and I think, you know, the, the approach I think might be, to me, and this is, you know, I think for religious people, I'm not that religious, but I think I find it, um, you know, when you think about taking the name in vain as one of the Ten Commandments, and to me, when you put the name on money that's dirty on the back of a dirty license plate, and, you know, that that's, you know, also it's, it seems like counter to the religious beliefs to throw the name around like that. Um, and, and such what I seem, it seem as cavalier ways. And also, you know, you'll hear politicians using the name all the time to show that they're somehow or another worthy. So I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, I don't know that legally that'll ever go anywhere. I wish, you know, I agree with you, uh, in, in principle. Uh, but I think, um, you know, because it has been upheld so long on the U.S., uh, you know, uh, fly, uh, uh, I should say money. Um, but, you know, I just I wish people would think about the fact that they are then taking the name in vain by throwing it around like that. Let's go to Julie in Holly Springs. Julie, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Hi, good morning. Yeah, I have a general question. Uh, what is Mississippi doing to somehow formalize, if that's probably not the right word, uh, a public defender system in the state. I've seen way too many kids for very minor crimes in jail for days. They can't make their bail. And, and then we have one lawyer's office in town. They're sort of the designated public defenders. Their caseloads are huge. And all they want to do is process these kids. 
process them, plead them out, plead them out, plead them out, next, next, next. And I think I've read somewhere that there is no formal public defender system in the state. And I'll hang up and listen to uh, uh, Professor Gershon. Julie, we're glad you've called in. Uh, you will find of interest our November 15th when we did have the state public defender on the show, and he talked about that exactly. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Andre Degree has been a great guest, and he is the state public defender, but he would agree with you that, uh, you know, the uh, local public defender's offices are administered county by county, and um and really, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court in Gideon versus Wainwright a long time ago uh, held that uh, you know people are entitled to a defense if they're if they're in criminal jeopardy, and um, and so you would think that public defenders' offices therefore would be funded to the same extent as prosecutors' offices, and that doesn't happen in Mississippi, and and really doesn't happen in very many states at all. So I don't think we're living up to the promise of Gideon. Uh, to, to do that. Thank you for calling in, Julie. We have a few minutes left. Our email address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're talking about what your wishes are. You know, I'm I'm glad our listeners haven't just chucked it and <laughs> left Mississippi, which is, I don't know, my frustration last night when I was kind of thinking about this show. But, you know, we have hopes and dreams. We want Mississippi to be a better place, and we have wishes for that. And that's what we're talking about today. Thank you so much for listening to In Legal Terms and being a part of it. Remember, you can find our program on our MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. It's also available on the MPB public media app, as are all of our local shows. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. At 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays, following our over-the-air broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. We did get a couple of emails for people who wanted to say. And, uh, you know, someone said, I want to uh, join in and thank you for this discussion. While the majority of voters in Mississippi and local districts may support issues such as adequate health care and a ballot initiative, they keep reelecting the same men and women who at best do nothing and at worst obstruct these issues when they come up. Yikes. So if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Thank you so much for that one. Um, we also got in. This is an interesting one, Professor Gershon. Just curious about Medicare expansion. Isn't that a federal program that we pay for with federal taxes? Since we are not allowing the expansion, are we not paying for everyone else's expansion program except for ours? I know our legislature doesn't want the expansion for whatever reasons, but it seems a bit dumb to not use the money we are paying in until we can fabricate our preferred path for elderly care, whatever that means. Yeah, let me let me clarify that the email mentions Medicare, and we're really talking about Medicaid, which is administered at a state level. Uh, it is uh, partially federally funded, primarily federally funded, but but also it's administered at the state level. So they are different. Uh, Medicare is for people sixty five and older. Medicaid is for people who don't have um, uh, the ability to get health insurance because of typically poverty. Um, 
an expansion of Medicaid uh, would come, the, the expansion would come from the federal government. Absolutely. And there's money that's been set aside by the federal government for that expansion. So in that respect, the email is exactly right. Let's take our last call and go to Horn Lake and speak with David. David, thanks so much for calling into In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Uh, I'd like to make a comment. I'd like to see a public service announcement about educating men about getting vasectomies. I got family members who got three babies by three different women and not paying a dime with the child support. And uh, it just makes me so upset and mad. And then my niece, she fought her ex-husband for years about finding on where what juris what state jurisdiction they're going to use as a guideline for this child support she wanted tennessee because she'd get more child support and he fought her tooth and nail for mississippi because he would have to pay uh, uh, as much child support and then christmas the holidays is coming up these hybrid families now you sh- you don't realize it but you're harming the children because one child is welcome to go spend christmas because it's biological godchild and the half siblings stay at home and they do without so i that's my comment the hybrid families and then the out if you can't you can't afford to take care of one child why well, have another one put on the burden of the taxpayers thank thank you david we appreciate that thought uh, that <laughs> that could be a whole hour into itself yeah, it's true, David. Thank you for that call. I mean, I did. I think it's just it's it's part of the problem in terms of uh, reproductive rights as well. Is that uh, you know that, that there's uh, you know life involves more than just birth. I mean, it involves you know an entire lifetime of, of caring for someone. And if we as a state actually care, then we need to a think of as individuals about our responsibility to to children that we have, but also uh, the state has some. Our responsibility as well, and that's why you know education and healthcare are so important. Um, and uh, so we're back to expansion of Medicaid to some extent. Let's 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 throw in grocery tax now, just for fun, Professor Gershon. What's your opinion on the grocery tax? Well, I just think it's you know I, I that would be my one of my wishes, Liz, is that we repeal the grocery tax. Mississippi is only one of thirteen states that has a grocery a tax on groceries. Uh, I lived in other southern states that do not have a tax on groceries, and um, it's a 7% tax on groceries, which is the highest in the country. Uh, and when we talk about repealing taxes, we talk about, you know, the, the government was so proud for, you know, repealing the eventually of repealing the, the state income tax. Um, you know, but this tax is the most regressive kind of tax because it, it affects poorer people at a much hard, harsher rate than those who can, you know, afford groceries and still have, uh, you know, plenty of money to set aside. But a 7% tax on groceries uh, just doesn't make sense to me. And I'd love to see that repeal. Well, and one of the things that kind of got me into the doldrums yesterday, the national child poverty rate last year, according to the census, was 16.9%. But there was a considerable variation among states, ranging from 8.1 to the highest 27.7 27.7 is the is the child poverty rate in Mississippi. In um, in for senior citizens, we are also leading in that, and it just brings me to what is the purpose of government? You know, many sources say it's to protect its citizens and to provide essential services. And uh, you know, I, I don't know what the answers are. I'm I'm not the expert. 
but I want I hope that Mississippi and the federal government will you know do something right to protect the the citizens and to provide essential services. Public service. That's all we want, you know, from people that reelect is public service and not self-service and we've seen too much of the latter. Uh, you know, self-service and not public service, because, you know, uh, if, if the only thing the person's doing is trying to get themselves reelected, then we need to really think that because they should be serving everyone, even the people that don't vote for them. Um, that's that's the public trust. And to exercise your beliefs in <laughs> if you have a set of beliefs or if you claim you have a set of beliefs, do what you can to e- exhibit that in your actions at, at work, at home, towards the people you like and towards the, the people you don't like. Well, this has been fun. We're going to do product liability next week. <laughs> but uh, this has been an interesting time. I'm so glad we got so many callers to call in. We, you know, sometimes when we're on a specific topic, we can't just take any old phone call. But it was great to hear what people were thinking. Don't you think, Professor Gershon? This was great. We appreciate the callers and uh, and appreciate you and Jay and uh this was a lot of fun. That's right. Our team are here is Jay White, the board engineer. Our call screener is Charles Arnold, our intern, and our podcast producer is Jermaine Flood. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.